This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 437, for the week of March 18th, 2018. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kanzenshu. The podcast! An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Kanzenshu. That's right, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Uh, now that we finally have a weekend without snow. Yes! In March! <laughs> in March. In March. <laughs> Welcome back, Jeff, over there. I was Hi. wondering where that booming bass was coming from. No, Mary, you do a really good impression. Of what? Of me. <laughs> <laughs> practice <laughs> <laughs> decades of practice <laughs> a so, lot of smoking <laughs> <laughs> anyway so if jeff is here that means we are back in uh gt we're, we're back in gt land another round of our dragon ball gt review of awesomeness uh joining us again mary hello hi i live here you do live here. <laughs> uh so that's jeff that's mary i am mike vegito ex please just call me mike uh the next round of our dragon ball gt review of awesomeness uh don't promise things never say oh yeah we we got our schedule. We got our time frame. We're totally good. Because then it's how not long has happen. it been? It was almost two months again. Yeah. Okay. I actually suspected that was the case. I mean, it's not ten years, so not five years. So what we do ostensibly here on this here podcast is each month. <laughs> <laughs> we take another batch of Dragon Ball GT episodes, uh, a follow-up to our previous manga review of Awesomeness many years ago. We are now into GT land. This here episode, we are covering Dragon Ball GT episodes 23 through 27. That is the entirety of the content of our podcast episode this week. We will uh, recap what happens in the episodes, what happened before these episodes, uh, these episodes themselves, and we'll go around and we'll get some perspectives. Mary, I'm pretty sure you have never seen these episodes before. I'll have to go... So I want to go back and look at my fan sub lists. I'm pretty sure I've never seen these before. Yeah. I'll get into why I'm a little bit confused once we <laughs> once we get into the episode, okay. but I'm 90% certain I've not seen these episodes, but I have reason to believe I may have, but it's very, very slim. Okay. Uh, I have seen, I think of these episodes, I saw the last two. Uh, so okay. th- that that's something. <laughs> And Jeff's uh, new to this. Yeah, Jeff, entirely new. Uh, as you were for the manga, you are the new fan coming in completely new, getting that perspective. Except this time, there's no uh, TV show that I've seen, unlike with the manga where I had seen the Cell Saga, bits pieces, so yeah, some yeah. bits and pieces of Dragon Ball. Uh, this time around with GT, I had never seen a thing of GT, and still have not have continued to not watch any of it until I come here. So why don't we lay down what the ground rules are? Yes, I do want to. Uh, I do want to cover that again as we are in the wake of the death of Dragon Ball. Super. Uh, the Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness should have been complete by the time that Dragon Ball Super existed uh, in 2015. But we were slow. We were slow. We took too long. We finally got back around to it. So uh, as we do these reviews of Dragon Ball GT moving forward, uh, when we don't mention Dragon Ball Super, it's not that we missed something. It's not that we forgot something. Uh, we believe that GT could and should have been reviewed in a bubble, and it's our fault <laughs> for not doing it in a timely fashion. And once Dragon Dragon Ball Super comes to a close, which will actually be this month, uh, there will be time down the road to compare the entirety completed show of Dragon Ball Super versus the entirety completed show of uh, GT, GT versus Super there. So can I say up front how hard that is, especially it, with this batch of difficult. episodes? Yeah, 
It really does. To be like, there's things I can now look back on these episodes of GT and in relation to the current stuff, have some very strong opinions. Yeah. Even as someone who's a, a filthy casual like me. I would not call you a filthy casual. Oh, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. But- Jeff is a filthy casual. I'm a filthy casual. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That all being said, I'm going to do my damn best to just like separate that you and have treat to. it treat it as its own entity. I think it's important. Uh, and I know I don't, I don't think we mentioned it last time on the show, but especially like this point this year, this month right now, <laughs> I think it's important to re- reiterate that fact. It's hard for me personally to do that when I'm s- literally staring at this gorgeous Dragon Ball Super poster yeah, and sorry. this fan art underneath it, which is also badass. Who did that? Uh, that was Dylan. Dylan. Great yep. job. Uh, we got the Join the Pride Troopers in Universe 11 forces over here so that's pretty much it are y'all ready for dragon ball i'm so ready i gotta do it while it's fresh in my head all right dragon ball gt episodes 23 through 27 here we go All right, where we last left our heroes in the previous batch of episodes, baby was discovered. My baby was discovered and destroyed. Dot, 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 question mark, exclamation point. Uh, We learned that baby was actually the creator. Dr. Mew was just a machine mutant like all the other creations. Baby was the, uh, the true mastermind here and baby had escaped off into space. So we pick up there with Dragon Ball GT episode 23, a hidden danger, the derelict ship and the mysterious boy. So episode 23, uh, this is an awful looking episode. For those of you who follow along with animators and all that kind of stuff, uh, this was uh, Masayuki Uchiyama episode. Is this Triangles guy? This is Triangles guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I know he has a real name. So Gil fixes the ship as expected. We'll get to predictions later on. Basically everything that Jeff thought was going to happen happens in about the first two minutes of this episode. (laughs) So they fix the ship. Uh, Rild grabs them as expected, but they fire a blast at him and... That's that's that. that That's it. A piece of baby crawls out from him, though. Uh, there's a Dragon Ball signal on a ship ahead of them all, and they can easily go get this one star Dragon Ball, except the Gil miscalculated. They only have a couple minutes to escape from the ship, which is about to fall into basically what's turning into a supernova black hole-ish kind of thing going on there. Uh, Goku and Trunks catch missiles from... Uh, some kind of security robot thing with their their arms and their legs and their teeth. And after that, they grab an unconscious alien uh, that looks like the quintessential rejected Toriyama design to end all quintessential rejected Toriyama designs. Mentally, I couldn't stop calling him Broccoli Boy. Eh, That sounds about right. Uh, Can I just ask you all, why did they need space bikes if they can just fly in space? Because we saw how hard it was for Pon who's relatively new to all this. She was struggling. She literally yeah, was that, falling behind. That was the gravity that was pulling her back, not just regular... Pl- anyway, they go to planet Pital with the injured alien, and oh, he's evil or something. And that brings episode 23 to a close. That brings us to Dragon Ball GT episode 24, Baby Strikes Back Target the Saiyans. Goku saves the kid and the doctor from some explosions. Uh, the, the kid is making explosions and breaking out. Oh, and the kid is clearly just baby. Uh, Goku really hates this place. He's not a fan of hospitals and needles and all that jazz. Baby just wants to take their saya power. Uh, and then a deer sexually assaults Pon. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, Baby Boy comes up to talk to her. Uh, Goku and Trunks come back and Baby infects the doctor instead. Then Baby Doctor invites them to come eat in the hospital cafeteria and invites Trunks along for a tour. He reveals himself and attacks Trunks. I guess they didn't completely destroy all of Baby's cells. He moved from Mew to Rilled and beyond to just keep following them. Uh, Goku and Pon followed them, though. They could tell there was a suppressed key signature energy thing and recognized when it flared up. So they were just playing along this whole time. Uh, they blast him around for a bit. Trunks gets sliced on the arm and Baby jumps inside him. However, Baby cannot fully control Trunks. Trunks goes Super Saiyan and seems to force him out. Baby goes to escape and jumps on with people going to Planet Alta. But Goku's hungry and stuff and Baby just seems to have taken out the whole ship and that's how that episode ends. Now we're on to episode 25 of Dragon Ball GT. This is terrible! Baby appears on Earth. Goten and Chi-Chi are at Capsule Corporation and Vegeta is shaving. Um, why does Vegeta care what Goten thinks about a shave? but that's kind of the best scene ever, uh, followed only by the subsequent scenes, which is Vegeta's reaction to Bra commenting on Vegeta's facial hair and state of his facial hair. Uh, we have a great comic visual of this uh, missing whisker that gets pulled off as Goku and the others are going after a Dragon Ball. It gets a little dotted missing whisker. Great visual gags here. It basically turns into an episode of Looney Tunes for uh, a couple minutes where he's running off onto a non-existent existent plane of space off the cliff and falls down and makes a hole in the ground. And then the birds are flying around his head as he's dizzy. And then the birds seem to uh, appear independently and fly away as if they are real birds and not just visual design birds. It's kind of the best thing we've seen in Dragon Ball GT up until this point. I'm just <laughs> commenting on that here in the recap portion of our episode. Because it's that worth it. Because I feel that strongly about it. But moving on in the episode, there's a baby buff dude and he's interrupting a bank robbery looking for the science. Every time I say baby, just so you know, I'm not literally not little children, but the character baby. I know we're all following along at home. Capital B baby. Capital B baby, just saying. I can't convince you to pronounce it baby. No, you cannot, because it's baby. Ah, fan I, subs I, I, I know fan poisoned sub, my mind. Fan sub girl over here, baby Vegeta Torankusu. <laughs> For what it's worth, I Gakuo. never called him Vegeta or yeah, Torankusu. All right. Anyway, getting back to the episode, Mr. TK. Dragon Ball GT is turning for the better here. Uh, we, we talked about Baby Buff Dude. Okay, so Goten uh, gets ice cream for his girlfriend, Palace, which I know fans of girl. <laughs> Paris. Her name is Paris. Or Paris. But we're going with Palace here. Mr. Satan arrives to fight Baby Buff Dude, and then Goten stumbles in, but he's on a date. He really can't do this. Oh, but my pupil here will take care of What pupil are you talking about? Where is he? Oh, oh, that's me. Uh, the guy is trouble, though. Goten jumps in. And he can tell something's going on. Uh, Baby is jumping around bodies and stuff, and they're going in for Goten. Uh, one more time after the police arrive and seem to take care of things, Goten further knows what's going on. Baby can feel the sighing key from Goten. It is truly, truly, truly outrageous. Time to fight. Damn it. That takes us to Dragon Ball GT episode 26, Gohan and Goten, the worst brotherly quarrel. Apparently, uh, Goten can easily take a phone call while fighting. Um, more of the greatest scenes in Dragon Ball GT history here. Goten gets sliced on the arm, though. Baby takes the opportunity when Goten is on the offense to jump in and infect him. Baby says he wasn't able to read Trunks' memory, but he can read Goten's and learns of Vegeta here. Out in space, they are still going after the Dragon Balls. Uh, Goku murders a dragon, 
but then the dragon just appears little and has a band-aid. So I guess Goku did not, in fact, murder a dragon. Uh, in my headcanon, Goku murdered a dragon for a Dragon Ball here. Uh, Goku wonders why they haven't seen Baby yet. Also, Piccolo exists. And there's a clock with Vegeta holding up a clock. Anyway, Gohan and Videl stop by Capsule Corporation. Baby Goten arrives. Videl and Gohan know something's up, so Gohan and Baby leave to fight. When Gohan transforms, though, this is when Baby rushes in uh, and Piccolo arrives and nothing really comes of that because he just kind of blows Piccolo away as far as we can tell. But Baby just wants Vegeta. That brings us to Dragon Ball GT episode 27, the final episode we will be covering here on this episode of our podcast. Dragon Ball GT episode 27, Ambition Achieved. Vegeta is taken over. Jeff, that's why I started skipping episode titles as we were moving along watching things. I thought that was on purpose. Vegeta and Bra went shopping, uh, apparently for Toriyama branded shaving cream. I appreciate the little nod there. Baby Gohan senses Vegeta. Goku sneezes all over Trunks on the way to the last Dragon Ball. It was kind of gross and disgusting and and a wonderful scene out in space. Gohan attacks Vegeta and Bra, but Vegeta recognizes, after a little bit of banter, his Sufruian key. Goten is still possessed, apparently, though. Uh, We have a new eye catch, by the way, here, starting in this episode for the first time. Baby Gohan gives Vegeta a pretty nice thrashing, but this is when Vegeta starts getting serious lots of uh, key blasts going around, and then Baby Goten arrives back to help. He doesn't say who he is here to help. He is actually possessed and evil, and here to help his uh, likewise possessed evil brother. Vegeta gets sliced, and as he powers up, Baby jumps into him. And this is where we get the GT version of the science slash Sufruian backstory, where King Sufru put his cells inside of this synthetic parasite life form kind of thing, and shot himself out into space as the science conquered this homeworld, and it became a planet Vegeta, owned and operated by your Saiyan overlords. Out in space, they get the last Dragon Ball, and that brings episode 27 of Dragon Ball GT to a close. We will now commence our reviewing of these five episodes of uh, a series called Dragon Ball GT that aired 20 years ago. Jeff, uh, each time on the show, we we do predictions. You make new predictions, then next time we check in on old predictions. Let's check in on last time's predictions now, because they were all pretty much a dressed within the first couple minutes pretty much yeah so you said uh if baby flies away and we don't see him for a while we're pretty good it was less a prediction more of hopes for you on that end not so much well i never made it a secret that i wasn't a huge fan of this baby character even though it was a really short amount of time that we got yeah, you to hadn't see really them. seen him yet but we were so sick of everything before it that it was whatever's coming we really can't care any less about it yeah i did want to see us move on from that and um Needless to say, that really did not happen. No. And I'll get into that later on as we talk right. about it. But yeah, I was wrong there. We had a lot of questions about planets and spaceships and how's this all going to get resolved uh, because the spaceship was covered in metal. But as we saw, Gil had the device and they just immediately go back and the spaceship is okay, no problem. But then the question is, Rilde is not only on that planet, but right now is that planet, how will that get resolved? And Rilde does indeed reach out to them, but they just fire at him and they fly away and everything's fine. That bothered me a little bit. Thank you. Yes. It's like, it's okay, three Kamehameha's. Little dinky, little, little dinky. After all that, it kind of renders the previous episodes like really useless. Yeah. From agreed. a fighting standpoint, not from a story standpoint. Yeah, yeah. but Absolutely agreed with that. I could not believe that it was that simple, that the three of them just had to fire key and that's it. They're done. And here, here was my mental gymnastics to kind of get over it was I thought, okay, well, Real's already been beaten up. beaten up and he's weak and maybe that is all it takes. Yeah. Because he's already in a weakened state, I guess. They just got to move along. 
for well, all I, sorts of reasons. I mean, trust so me, levels. the last thing I want is more time with that character. Right. So I'm yeah. like kind of okay with it. But And that's what I was kind of getting into my prediction there, just saying let's end the storyline, just move on. This yeah. has been going on for a bit too long here. Yeah. Basically, at that point, you said, oh, we got Dragon Balls to worry about. We just more adventures. Let's move on and just take care of it. And really, that's what happens. We have we ended up with Baby the whole time, but that's really what happened is they resolved that stuff immediately and went off on other not so much adventures and just went off for the Dragon Balls. And in this batch of episodes, they achieved everything. Why don't we uh, take a step back again and just start talking about these episodes? Episode 23 was a real rough one, guys. It we, was the, probably the roughest of the five, I mainly agree. from an animation standpoint. Oh, that's for sure. Brutal But looking. not necessarily from a story standpoint. From a story standpoint, I actually found it kind of refreshing. Like, it was a palate cleanser. Yeah. I found this episode. Really? Like the injured alien boy and yeah. getting off the planet? Like, and-, and just dealing with simple shit like gravity is pulling us in. Oh no, mm. beat the clock. And it was just nice to not be on that planet anymore that I appreciated any change of scenery, even despite how, how off model everyone looked and how shoddy the animation was. I'm like, I don't care. We're starting fresh. I don't yeah. care. It's fine. I think even though I wasn't satisfied with the way that they dealt with uh, Rilled, when they finally got out of that planet's existence and just went to something else, it was like just a sigh of relief at that point because we got to move on and do something else uh, and deal with new characters. Although um, it's funny, you say it's a Toriyama throwaway and I didn't really feel that way about this uh, boy character that they design, come across. Yeah. I don't know. It, I was like, oh, it's a green-haired Secret of Mana character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a that's kind of the throwaway because we see that kind of thing in, in Chrono Trigger 2 with that sort of design. But still, I thought it was really interesting. He just seemed like some average kid. And God forbid, we don't really get any detail on this guy whatsoever. Besides, Why is he the only surviving person on this ship? Well, th- right before we started recording, Jeff and I were like, we, we I got questions. What's, what's going on here? Because the whole time we've been confused about Baby shot himself off into some ship. What ship was that? What planet was that going toward? How did Baby end up here? But his cells are actually still down over there as well. Baby seems to be in a billion places at once. But it made sense the way you framed it where it's possible that the spaceship or the, the what would you call it? Like a baby space? Like- Whatever Baby left in yeah. from M2 or Dr. Mew's planet, we never really resolve for ourselves who was where. Mm -hmm. It it seemed like, okay, Baby left and whatever happened, he's the thing that took out that spaceship and infected that child and that's That's where the Dragon Ball was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that makes a lot of sense. If When you reduce it down to that, it makes sense. But, like nothing logically seems to follow to get you to that point. You kind of have to just brush it aside and explain it for yourself. We're not given any hints either. For example, I was saying if they had just shown the ship that he escaped M2 with, then... That could have connected the spaceship going into the sun with uh, Baby's own little spaceship that crashes into it or, or ends up there. Because uh, that would connect the two pieces and make sense for the audience. I mean, granted, uh, the main characters can't see it because then yeah, they yeah. already know what's going on. Right, but right. for us, it would have been a nice tease or a foreshadowing. And it was just a missed opportunity. So, But I feel like at least that connects the previous episode to this well enough. Well, you know, they didn't want to tell you because they wanted the surprise of the alien boy being infected by Baby to genuinely be a surprise. Oh, so but do you know, give it away. do you have any idea how aggravated I got to see that, oh, great, we're still on this baby thing? Yeah, yeah. 
and and I'll leave the, my, the rest of my opinion on that for these other episodes because okay. we never get away from baby, really. No, we don't. I feel like this starts the turning point for GT in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, ignore story for a second. This episode, we start getting fun visual gags. And not that we haven't had that, but we, it we seems more... It seems more earnest and Yeah, like we're going now. all in. It's not like, okay, here's a half-hearted like gag. Just I, I say that, faces. and yet a lot of the jokes were Goku being hungry. In this episode, we had, like I mentioned in the recap, that catching with her teeth and all that, and we're going to see the Looney Tunes style stuff. It just feels like, oh, they're going to take this opportunity, the way the story is going, let's, let's have some fun. We have some breathing room here. Uh, it's actually... Things are moving, I feel like, throughout these episodes at an appropriate pace, finally. You nailed it. We're not just standing around staring at each other. Even when people are fighting, we're not getting the, oh, I'm just getting serious. Even when Vegeta finally decided to get serious, it was only after about like 10, 15 seconds of kind of nonsense. Like, they got right to it at that point. These episodes really felt like, after we got past the first, and even then it wasn't that bad, it it felt like an appropriate clip we were moving at I completely agree. I was thinking... As we were on episode five, not only am I enjoying this, but I feel like it's the best set of episodes from a pacing standpoint that we've seen so far, even more so than the first four episodes. Mm -hmm. Like the pacing, I don't know what it is about it. It just nailed it where each episode feels like it was distinct and not bleeding one into another yep which i god with the last set of episodes we watched i couldn't tell you one episode from the next really Isn't that curious how they were they were very episodic but they very naturally bled into each because, other because like baby was the common thread i yeah, mean yeah. much to jeff's yeah well let's talk about baby a little bit then uh, as that connective tissue you weren't looking forward to him and we'll span multiple episodes we're gonna as we do in these reviews we go in and out all over the place so Jeff, how have you felt about Baby is the new true antagonist? He's pretty much here the entire time. Is he doing anything for you at this point in the story? Well, first I'm confused because my first thought is I thought we were done with Frieza. And like this is another personified Frieza, just maybe not as as aristocratically badass as Frieza is, right? Right. In terms of how he how he acts as a character, the whole badass part to him, it, to me, it feels slightly unwarranted, although, yeah, he's the reason why there was M2 and all that. He created all that and he's coming from this. But I didn't get that information until the fifth episode right, that we until watched. Until we actually get that flashback. Until stuff. 27. Yeah. So it well, took here's that the thing. long. So, Jeff, you don't know anything about the Sufurians. That's because you read the manga. Now, he did it the right way. He did it the right way. So the Sufurians are a race that Toriyama came up with for initially a filler episode in the Dragon Ball Z TV series. No way. Yes. So when Goku first visits Kaio's planet and is doing his original training there, we get this back history of uh, the Saiyans versus the Sufurians on that planet and how they turned into the giant monkeys and they took over and that's kind of the the history of them. Uh, And the story we got then, because Toriyama had not developed Frieza yet, it's one of those inconsistencies from filler. They say at the time that the god of the planet is what took out planet Vegeta and destroyed them. We later learned that it was Frieza. So uh, the Sufurians are a creation of Toriyama. I think it was DBZ episode 20. They didn't stop there, though. Here's where this story, Jeff, has already been told 
this exact way. Sufurians exacting their revenge on the Saiyans from a synthetic life form created by a dead old Sufurian master. So in 1993, there was a game released on the Nintendo Famicom called Plan to Eradicate the Saiyans, where the Sufurian, uh, Dr. Raichi, (laughs) created a synthetic machine kind of life form named Hachiak. And there was all sorts of gas on the planet Earth and there were ghost warriors and then they go off to fight him in space. And it was the story of a Sufurian looking to kill the Saiyans. So basically what you're saying is that they fall back on this relatively minor plot point and have several revisionist yes. iterations of this thing. Right. So it's it's not just, oh, cool, they went back to a little plot point Toriyama developed for TV filler. If it were just that, that would be one thing. Essentially, this exact same story being told in a 1993 Famicom game. That Famicom game was remade into a two-part video game on the Bandai Playdia in 1994. And that game received a two-part official visual guide on home video, fully animated, that told the story and acted as a strategy guide. So not only have you, if you're in Japan, possibly heard this story before, you may have seen an exact story of Sufurian's versus science here. At this point in history, this is an incredible retread. To the average international audience member, it's, oh, cool, that thing from Filler and Z one episode. So then what is better? Is the uh, is the implementation of that storyline here better, more cohesive than how it was on the Palladia or I'm in the I'm curious filler. to get your thoughts on that. Uh, we're only just starting <laughs> this arc here, really, in Dragon Ball GT. We Fair have, enough. We have a ways to go with Baby. Two very different implementations, uh, obviously, because it's a video game. It's, you know, it's a long story, but it's a very short story at the same time, especially the visual guide. You know, you're, you're in and out with your ultimate battle against Hachiak there. An important piece of Dragon Ball franchise history, these two Furians versus the has been told multiple times. Perhaps folks most recently know it from Plan to Eradicate the Super Science was a remake of that feature in, I think it was 2010 for the video game Raging Blast 2. They actually reanimated updated that feature into about, I think it's about half an hour long, uh, included on that video game. They resurrected Hachiak as the playable character, uh, so people may re-remember the Sufurians from there. Sufurians is an anagram of fruits? Yes. Okay. So, Furutsu to Sufuru. Oh, that's so cute. With Gene. So got fruits versus vegetables? That is the play. (laughs) Oh, come on. I love it. So getting back to things as we talk about uh, Baby and Sufurians versus the Saiyans, I guess I'll ask once more, now that you know a little bit more of the history, is this interesting to you in any way whatsoever? It didn't start that way. Okay. Oh, that's what we were talking about. You didn't get that story until we got to this last episode here. Yes. We got the info dump. And that's where those five episodes started to feel better to me, I guess I could say. Yeah. Uh, Because just starting into it, it was still just, I know this character from this whole M2 saga. Right. I just want it to be over. Uh, You know, let's move on and do some more Finding Dragon Ball stuff. That's the cool stuff. And when we get to that last episode, my opinion on it, and as we talk about it and as time goes on, my opinion is changing rapidly where it's now I'm not so much hating the baby character as I am the way that it slowly gestated into the story so we finally got his intent uh and now know okay now he's going against vegeta okay this is now like a wonderful story that i'm willing to to go through but Mm -hmm. getting up to that point was such an arduous journey for me it's been a slog to Mm -hmm. get here yeah 
But I can't say that it wasn't enjoyable because I really did enjoy these five episodes as well. Just overall, yeah, yeah. it was just that whenever baby would come in, I'd just be like, oh, you know, a reminder of uh, where we need to progress, basically. Um, but I did get my wish in, you know, there are there is a quest for the Dragon Balls, even though we don't spend much time on that. Uh, but there's still enough of that side story in, in regards to what's happening on Earth that um, I feel that was just enough of what I was looking for. And this main storyline was actually a lot more interesting than uh, than what they were doing searching for Dragon Balls, funny enough. Yeah, we've been slogging through these episodes just to get like three. And yeah. now episode after episode, and now we've acquired like another. Now we got the easy yeah. ones, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well, and at some point I asked you, was there a change in staff? And the reason why I asked you that is because, okay, the plot is shifting wildly such that the adventuring is taking a backseat. And now we're very much like, fight, 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 fight. I don't know. I guess maybe to a certain extent there's a happy medium because I feel like we've got equal parts comedy, action, and then adventuring stuff going on. But I thought it was um, maybe could have benefited from a little bit more of a transition to rapidly finding the Dragon Balls one episode after the next. Mm. So again, I'll I'll turn it back to uh, the interview with producer Kozo Morishita uh, from the Dragon Box release of Dragon Ball GT. This is what we had talked about previously when they talked about how many uh, episodes they have. And the episode here, that they that he cites is very curious the question here midway through the story enemy characters like dr mew general rilled and baby started popping up giving a stronger battle tint to the story and morishita's response is initially we made about 26 episodes worth of rough plot outlines but around when the final script for episode three was finished we thought these travel episodes aren't going to be interesting no matter how long we keep doing them are they and so we stopped that's why gill and the spaceship stopped appearing midway through even though we had sensei go through all the trouble of drawing them for us so it seems like they developed around these 26 episodes and it was still early enough that by episode three that's when they started discovering oh this isn't going to work forever but when you've already developed that much material but at the same time the episodes that he's referring to yeah. like sucked the the right. real episodes and the doctor Mew episodes like right they suck but somehow like this took like a 180 so and maybe suddenly it was let's just deal with what we have here and around this point let's start turning it towards what we want to do. And the thing here is people always talk about, oh, based on the fan feedback, that's when they decide to change it into a battle show. No, it's clearly as early as them finishing the scripts for episode three of the show. They realize. They independently realize what they had to do. How's that even possible when the time to animate and produce these episodes takes way longer than, like, it, what, they they put out the episodes with Rilled and then the fan said, no, this is bad, and then they decided right. to People switch course? about that. No. Especially in the 90s, there is no immediate feedback that you oh, can get no. on that kind it's of stuff. It's not like, like South Park days where they could do it in a, in a day right. and get it out the next day. Yeah, no, it's, it's not like, like that. that. Definitely right. much longer. But uh, no, actually, I have to say that um, it's a good thing that they noticed that early on because definitely when we get the Earth perspective back and we get to see those characters again. Let's talk about let's, that. The show let's go to the next changes. episode then. <laughs> so can I can I start by saying when this episode started with a exterior shot of Capsule Corp, you, you I, I felt like so happy. I think I even said like, oh, thank God we're on Earth. We're on Earth because I knew like, oh, you're showing us Capsule Corp. That means we're going to get Bulma. We're going to get Vegeta. We're going to get Goten. We're going to get like everybody else in the show. Not that I have anything against the core trio, but there's only so much you can do with them. And We've I feel like them for 20 odd episodes. And, and Dragon Ball is so much stronger as a series when you've got your ensemble cast to yeah, play yeah. off one another. And yeah. this episode from the onset just set me in such a good mood. And I'm like, ready. Ready. 
I'm ready to consume everything in this episode that you have to throw at me. And even if it was like mediocre, it seemed like gold to me because I was just so ready for it. I want to bring up an argument, though, that based on that, where the reason why we're so relieved to go back to Earth and see these characters is because the because the the dynamic between the three characters up to this point, three main characters, is not as strong as they were hoping it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was not that interested in Trunks and Pan would have been a lot more interesting if they had her develop a bit more. I actually really enjoyed a moment in episode 23 where she gets this independent strike in her and goes and uh, does something on the ship on her own, tells yeah. the other two to get she, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was actually really cool in that where she she's like, charge. screw you guys, I'm going to go find that life form that's on yeah. the ship. I was Perfect. like, good, good on you. Exactly. If we had more of that, if she could develop more, that would have been more interesting. And I'm really not liking Goku at all in this child form it just doesn't feel natural and so just the way that they interact together it just isn't as strong as when the whole ensemble cast is there it's weird like he is undeniably goku but there's no one of the right caliber to play off him here there's no krillin yeah yeah there's yeah. no krillin and also we have to do the gag of him being hungry all the time which is getting really tired at this yeah, point yeah we've moved on from waka waku to hungry hungry that being said I was thrilled in the hospital episode that they remembered that Goku's afraid of needles. Well, like, that was a really nice throwback. Really, excuse me, that's only in the anime that Goku is afraid of needles. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, but no, this I don't is anime anyways. <laughs> that's still cute. No, it, it is nice, yeah. We talked about the, the Looney Tunes stuff before, but it was, it it was, was gold. so refreshing to see that. It was just everything. I was smiling during this. I stuff. was beaming like we're a. jumping in and out episode. I know here, we are. <laughs> I don't even remember which episode. Was this the now second or third? To, this was the second or the third. Five. One the falling that we watched, but even before that, like Vegeta shaving, yeah. was like all, the all happiest thing I've seen. <laughs> and, the, and everyone reacting to it, and the fact that like he asked Goten what he thought, I'm like, okay, canonically, Vegeta shouldn't give two shits about what Goten thinks of his facial hair, but the fact that he's asking, but he's there and he's that vain about it. He is. And I, as much as I love that stuff, the existential crisis he has over Bra's feedback to his looks is just kind of fantastic. It is great. This is the Vegeta that I love that we, we love, who, who's truly grown into. And I love as we move on the episode, they're like, no, you will address him as Vegeta-san. He is such a part of the group now, as much as he will rebel against it. He's just the other dad that's a part of this extended family. Well, I guess let's talk a little bit about Baby on Earth, because he does ultimately make his way there. He's hijacked his way to Earth. I didn't realize it would happen so quickly. Right. Yeah, yeah he, totally. He, I was kind of happy about that. So, Mr. Satan. Good Mr. to see him again. Mr. Oh, Satan. I was Be Mr. so Satan. happy to see Mr. Satan again. And I actually, no, I wasn't initially, but <laughs> as he, it was going on, because uh, I used to think that he was just a time waster where it was like, he's just trying to make excuses for himself and whatever. And he is. And yeah, and he's doing that here and it's taking up time. But uh, when but he's but he's a necessary step to get us to go 10. Yeah. Uh, interacting with baby as well. And I feel the way that that worked was it just felt so nice that it was nice to see Mr. S uh, Satan in this way. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. It was a good scene. Uh, I love the way the city looks. I think that's something GT actually does well is the cities and the, the populace all look good yeah I think even were... even taking like a step back into the space episodes with the prior one we were at, we were at the hospital yeah just like we saw some really unique designs there like well, different aliens and stuff we did we also had some of the worst animation Jeff. <laughs> you were losing that it. was the first episode that we watched <laughs> that yeah. scene where they it was just blobs yeah the, the blobs moving the kid on the stretcher into the room <laughs> was not so good I'm more referring to the episode after that but yeah I think the people look good uh, I like the way the, the city looks uh, we got some good moments of I, I thought 
thought he just fell, but oh, okay, I guess someone threw a punch. And the whole like collective town like looking at him and finally kind of realizing maybe he's actually kind of a shitty dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it um at the same time, I don't know if I want to bring this too much into reality, but when you look at blowhards who uh, use yeah. intimidation and anger tactics to uh, control a populace, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it felt very, I don't know, uh, familiar. It felt very familiar. At the same time, Mr. Satan is actually good-hearted, so like, I can't truly hold a whole lot against him. He gets good-hearted when it matters. Like, he, he saved uh, Palace Chan. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Goten a little bit, because this is Oh my god, like... he's like a different dude. Yeah. We get hints of this at the <laughs> end of dragon ball z we do yeah like and it's only one episode or two that we get mm-hmm. to spend i guess it's even in the manga too where we get the sense like he cares about dating yeah, and he's yeah. got a one-track mind and that's right. okay they took that and ran with it here uh this is the most goten in any dragon ball franchise thing i'm not naming specific things this is the most that goten does or has you ever feel like you don't do. get goten during the boo saga as a part of gotenks I, I feel like everything that goten is is in service to getting to gotenks even when toriyama doesn't really realize it himself goten individually doesn't do a whole lot there i think he's fun i think he's nice to have her around but he doesn't do anything he doesn't accomplish anything he's just a a foil to trunks mostly he's there to play off of trunks and they're great as a duo as an individual character goten doesn't exist he just doesn't there's nothing to the character of goten so to get anything in gt is actually kind of refreshing and fun and the moment where he throws the phone up and he catches the phone behind his back it's like oh Goten's actually fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Really, really loved his character here. I think he did a lot. He was very smart. He could sense uh, the, the the energy going on with Baby. He wasn't completely oblivious to everything that was happening. Yes, he was on a date. And yes, he wanted to go back to the date. But when shit got real, Goten really knew what he had to do and was willing to do it even by himself. I, I I thought he really took charge. It was just fun to watch, too. Now, in addition to that, Palace Chan is just charming. (laughs) I really (laughs) enjoy it. I want to know the backstory of how he met this chick, because we have Chi-Chi going off on, like, don't you let that city girl mess you up. But then we meet her, and she's so dense. (laughs) She's never had ice cream before. She's like, oh, my mom and dad will be so surprised to hear that I had ice cream. So, like, (laughs) clearly Chi-Chi had nothing to worry about. But it makes you wonder, like, in what circumstance would have Goten met How up with did this he chick? Meet this person, and why is he Goten Sama? Why? I love Sama? it. I love it. <laughs> Goten Sama, because he doesn't deserve it, but it's awesome. No, I guess she's just so enamored with him that she loves him even more when he's evil. All right, so I guess let's get into we we get some of the fights here. From here on out, we're pretty much gonna have Cyan versus Cyan with Baby involved here. Uh, Baby versus Goten. There was some good stuff going on in and around here. Yeah, there was. I definitely agree. I think this is the part where we get introduced to the idea of a cut or a direct link to the bloodstream is where baby like an opening gets in yeah. and this is where we're introduced to that and i feel that that particular point originally i wasn't a huge fan of it because i think oh, it's so easy but seeing it laid out is actually really well done i feel like where so it's it would not- have been different if it happened just the one time with trunks but then it happened with Every other time we saw it with like Goten and then Gohan. Well, Gohan was a little different. I think Gohan did get sliced, but that was more of the when Gohan powered up, Baby kind of took that opportunity. Baby's got this thing like when they go on the offense, that's the opening to get in. Sure. So Yeah, well, for me, it was first a a little um, inconsistent because he wasn't doing that with some of the other characters that we were seeing, like the people, basically. people are just too easy to get in. That's probably it. Exactly. That's why I felt like the, the fact that he had to go in through a cut 
with them in particular yeah, made yeah. so much sense. That does make sense. That yeah. actually, uh, it's it, to me, smart. it is it, exactly. It made me feel much better about the writing because that's a really smart way to do things. And then uh, uh, they didn't even point it out at all, which is also very clever. It's like yes. leave it up to the the audience to figure that out on their own, like we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and don't pander to us. You don't have to explain every little thing. Can just, I just say that? Trunks greater than Goten because Trunks was able to resist baby. Yes, Therefore, I mean obviously I'm biased, yeah. so I can't have an opinion there. Of course, I'm going to say Trunks is better than Goten, but <laughs> no, even I agree. I th- I feel like that was a very good point to bring up too. The fact that he couldn't control Trunks's mind, mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't. Trunks uh, pushed him out. Well, yeah. Trunks is smarter. I mean, as adorable as Goten is, he is a little dense. He's always been written as dense, but yeah. Trunks has always been written as this version. He's got street smarts. <laughs> yeah, this this version of Trunks, not talking about future Trunks, this yeah. version of Trunks has always been written as street smarts, and then as he inherited Capsule Corp, like, oh, you're science dude now too. Well, I hate to rewind a little bit, but in that same vein, when he is able to expel Baby, mm-hmm. you see how exhausted he is from that process. Right, it was a lot for him. Sure. So it sets the idea of just how much power it takes for a person to expel him from uh, from themselves. And now, and more than that, once we get on to Goten to Gohan to Vegeta, it shows how much Baby's powering up that he's independent of all that, able to fully control them. Yeah, that's, that's really well done in that sense, too. I think that speaks volumes and is, is well written in that respect. Yeah, the writing is just they incredible. They don't have to tell us every little thing. Well, th- again, that comes back to when I asked you, like, is there a change in staff? Because I feel like the writing was better the direction was better the pacing was better like what the just, hell happened they just found what they wanted to do here and they had right. a better idea of i agree with that to go with because it, so. they saw that the travel wasn't going to go well and they just saw the pitfall that was coming in front of them and said no we got to make a direct it change now like they just Which let that stuff ride i wanted then... the adventuring to go well but yeah. i think jeff you nailed it when you said like these three don't gel very well there's no chemistry i there. think as pairs they would be awesome, like Trunks and Pond. I always wanted there to be some off-to-the-side sexual tension that was bait for fan fiction and doujinshi that would never happen. Else. There already is. Just the fact that they were together was enough for people. Right. And and then, like, Pond and Goku, like, very much a strong dynamic because you got granddaughter and grandfather yeah, yeah. interacting together. As pairs, I think they're interesting, but the three of them together, I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Right. That dynamic just doesn't super, super work. I know. While we're, while we're also messing with our, our timelines and we're bouncing all over the place, yeah. when we're talking about Trunks expelling Baby out of him, I think he was uncharacteristically cocky, which I kind of found interesting when he Trunks was like, like I am yeah. Trunks. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, bitch, I'm Trunks. Which, <laughs> like, maybe this version of Trunks would, would talk that way. But when I think about future Trunks, I'm like, I don't know that he would talk that way. Well, this isn't future Trunks. I know so it's not future this Trunks. This is one of those rare examples. You actually mentioned this at, at least once for while we were watching the episodes, like, oh, this is in fact Chibi, Chibi Trunks. Trunks. This is not feature Trunks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good to get a little bit of that character consistency because Trunks and GT always felt like, yes, it's Chibi Trunks, but they really wanted to write another feature Trunks. So It's like you didn't nail what makes Chibi Trunks Chibi Trunks. You have to be a little obnoxious. You have to be a little cocky. And he is a good character separate from feature Trunks. You just mm-hmm. have to know how to write that. Because they are just distinctly different characters yeah yeah. they forget that sometimes and i feel like when they get a taste of how to nail that it's it's satisfying but they don't go all the way hey did you guys know that piccolo existed that was really cool seeing him again i was like oh my god 
Piccolo. <laughs> I kind of fangirled for a moment when they showed Piccolo's back with the cape and the turban. Yeah, having Piccolo there, it's really been the science show up until now. We're not getting any of uh, the previous human friend characters. It's been the just been the two Zion families and their kids, and that's great and all. But there was a, a colorful other cast, and unfortunately here Piccolo doesn't do anything we get that initial oh i can feel an evil energy something's going on and then we get a makanko sapo and then he gets blown away and that's that's all we know of piccolo here in these episodes but if you're gonna do gohan is in trouble you gotta do piccolo shows up and the fact that he is so attuned to gohan he he spoke very little but what he did say was really piccolo quintessential piccolo because he said Okay, you're not Gohan. Who, who, who the hell right. are you? Right. Kind of statement. It's like, he doesn't even need to be in this situation more than five seconds, and he can already tell, like, that's not that's not Gohan. I think that was great about Piccolo and Vegeta is even Gohan, really. Uh, Videl and Gohan were both completely attuned to something was going on. Uh, the little bit of dialogue we got between them uh, when Goten, baby Goten, first came back to Capsule Corporation, they knew something was going on. And Gohan was very casually and trying to naturally get Goten out of the house so as to not worry Chi-Chi and just kind of resolve things. Speaking of Chi-Chi, can, yeah. we, can we talk about her a bit? Yes, How hilarious? She was freaking hilarious in these episodes. Slapping baby Goten is kind of amazing. Yeah. Was she always such a, a Goten playing no, favorites? Because she, I feel like that kind of, I mean, if there's anything I got to ding her on, was that seemed to come out of nowhere. She was like, Goten, 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 running around that, freaking out. That did out. seem strange, yeah. Yeah, in, in the original series, it always felt like she just kind of gave up on Goten. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> but I guess here, since Gohan's married off, like, well, he's the only one left at home. So she I guess... needs someone else to support her uh, codependency. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's clearly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so... And very clingy uh, all throughout, even though when the characters come back and they're not themselves, right? Yeah. They're, they're infused with baby at this point. Uh, the way that she plays off of that is um, rather interesting because you know as an audience member that she doesn't know that these characters are different. She right. doesn't have the same kind of sense that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And she's a pure human, right? She's yep. not. Yep. Yep. So because of that, that there's this interesting uh, uh, conversation going on between the characters. And I mean, I feel sort of bad for her at, po- at parts because she gets beaten up and slapped around a little bit to uh, move the story along, especially with Goten, who pushes her out of the way, pushes her out of the way, says, yeah. I got to go, gives no explanation. She's off, you know, left crying like, oh, my God, my baby's uncontrollable. Uh, funny as it is, it's still a bit, you know, tense in, in situations because she's getting hit on in a lot of these instances, uh, whereas we don't really see that with Bulma or with. Uh, any of the other characters that do not do any fighting, as it were. Equally great scene with Chi-Chi is baby Goten going into Goten's memories and being like, this is the most powerful person. How is she powerful? There's nothing special about her. I better just play along. I better adapt to this this planet's customs. These customs and yeah, yeah, yeah. Character that level of self-awareness. Yeah. Can I add one other thing though, about these fights with uh, Gohan and Goten? I find it entertaining that Gohan takes Goten when it comes to the brotherly uh, yes. wrestling, which I felt was a really good excuse for them two being angry at each other. It, it just seems that they go to this barren land, there's nothing around, it's all landscape, as if they have this designated area to fight in <laughs> case something is to happen. Right. Um, but at the same time, there's no evidence in that area of previous fights, which I felt was a lost opportunity. It would have been really nice had there been craters from fights like, long this ago. This is their training ground that they 
like go to leave to to when something's that would have been cool. At least even from the Z era, there were a lot of fights in barren lands. We could have seen like an old Tenkaichi Budokai uh, fighting arena somewhere. Just a little bit of hints in the background that there's uh, an awareness to the previous series. I guess they didn't want to take them too far away. Anything like that? Maybe not, but it it just seemed to me like it's cute that they have this this other area to go to, but there's nothing tying it in. I felt like that could have been something. You know what? Also, I found satisfying about this fight was that it's the first time Goten and Gohan have really fought. That's true. Against each other, right? Yeah. We got you know that early training in the Boo Arc where they're teaching and that doesn't count because they're training. Yeah, yeah. There's we don't have a whole lot of interaction between the two brothers here. So for them to talk about this brotherly stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I, I guess they're brothers and have a relationship that. We never see off screen. Viewers, completely off screen. But I'll say that it was nice to see them interact finally in this case. It was. Even if it was a fight and one of them's not really themselves. Yeah, and you buy it. You believe everything yeah. they're saying. Uh, what I want to talk about with these fights, especially as everyone's getting infected uh, and then turning into Super Saiyan, every character looks like Vegeta. Because everyone GT. got a stupid haircut. Yeah, and that's the problem. If, yeah. if it wasn't for the stupid haircuts, I think they would look a little bit more differentiated. I agree. It also doesn't help that Gohan was wearing a white dress shirt and Gohan's wearing a white sweatshirt. Yeah, so at times, they get blown off and then they're just topless, which is fine too. Then when the smoke clears, it's that's Vegeta's silhouette. Like it, it just is. I'm, I'm sorry. You're just drawing Vegeta over and over and over here. And mm. I guess when you make these characters look evil, you that is Vegeta's design at this point. So what else do you do? I have such a problem. I in all promotional materials and show the show not be named. Like no one knows how to draw Gohan. Gohan ever once he reaches 16 years old onward, except for Toriyama himself. And I feel like there's one Yamamuro thing I've seen that's like, oh yeah, you remembered how to draw Gohan, but just in general, I feel like no one truly captures, there's just this je ne sais quoi about the way that Toriyama can draw Gohan and you believe that is a separate character, everyone else in this series, and he looks visually distinct and I buy it. And no one at Toei can capture this. Really? Like even in the, you're talking about like in, in the manga too where he's- No, in the manga, I totally buy Gohan as a separate character, separate design. There's something about the length of his hair, the length of his face, just the shape of his body. His eyes. His eyes. Toriyama captures it, and and I buy the visual distinction. No one else can capture that, and I don't know what it is. I'm not talented enough to even attempt to describe what it is. See, I heard you guys say this when we were watching the episodes, and I'm thinking, well, I can tell the difference kind of uh, a little bit between the characters. I didn't think it was... I mean, I was seeing it as you were saying it, but at the same time, I was... I don't know, internally, I guess, fighting against it because I saw them still differentiated a bit. Uh, Granted, the baby stuff comes in pretty quickly, and so they end up getting the eyes changed and whatever. But I can't say that I've noticed it as much. Um, Maybe that's because I'm seeing the the Goku in Gohan, Mm. uh, or or maybe more the Chi-Chi in Gohan than the Goku in Gohan. But uh, him as as a drawn character, I was able to see, well... You know, you slap glasses and a tie on somebody, and I guess I can treat it as a character. I I think part of the problem is everyone seems to tend to slick back Gohan's hair a little too much, and it's not that. It's it's more narrow standing up. But then the problem is that Vegeta got his stupid haircut, and then Gohan essentially has a slanty haircut, uh, the same style. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Gohan, sorry. I have to say, I was disappointed by Vegeta's haircut here. Because it's not the I want the large spiky hair, and you know the I'm expecting remnants of the blue suit somewhere, but we're not getting that at all. No, we're not. not no. We're you far got his beyond maroon that. Maroon shirt and yeah. all that's going to get blown off. And he looked maroon? a lot better without yeah, his mustache and 
I got to say, though, he does look better without a mustache and beard, definitely. He does. I mean, that was a clear reaction to the initial design from Toriyama there. But I think it was appropriate. They did a lot with that. So that was good. Like, they're, they're very self-aware about everything in these episodes. And that just makes them more enjoyable. Like the pacing is better. The storytelling is better. The every- settings are better, too. I have yep. to say, um, are we on the last episode now? We're everywhere. Wherever you want to be, we okay. are. Last episode, the setting of that fight in a series of like uh, wind mills was like visually very different from anything we've ever seen before where it looks like it could exist in real life they're not going to a barren wasteland they're off a highway and there are these windmills uh, or wind generators i don't know what they are and then uh there was one shot it was a long shot i remember there was like a a fence like just a regular fence Mm -hmm. on the outside of the of the windmills and i thought that just looks so everyday and different i appreciate that they collectively would have sat down and thought about what is what is the scenery going to look like for this fight something i actually really like about gt i think the background settings are always gorgeous and well constructed and there's thought behind them actually something that i thought about as we get into each of these fights so starting basically with baby and the three main characters is the sense of the environment that they have when they go into battles. Uh, Because, and I should say, like in the first battle with the three of them, it wasn't that strong. It felt like there was too much activity for such a small space. And then when they get to Earth and they have much wide open spaces, the environment comes into play a lot more. And especially when we get to Vegeta's fight, that's where it's really brought in. Uh, with the windmills especially, when they're uh, part of the scenery and the fight and they're getting damaged as things are going on, Mm -hmm. that to me was a much stronger uh, sense of how they were using the environment in part of their fight. Whereas when we start with the first fight, it's really just seemingly random in this Mm -hmm. spaceship, which doesn't really, you know, it just doesn't feel right to have this kind of battle going on there. And it just opens up and it does feel like, again, Mary, going back to your point about the uh, interview and saying that we're changing direction. It does feel like when they made that decision, there were a lot of other things they decided on to bring things back to their roots. And that was the smartest thing they could have done because it it greatly influenced almost everything around it. We know what strikes me about that is that we're, we're saying how happy we are that they brought things back to Earth and, oh, they're bringing back the action and whatnot. And that almost seems counterproductive to what one would want out of something like GT where it's like, oh, no, I want something different from a fight, 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 fight show. I want I want action. I want I want humor. And yet we tried it and it didn't work. So then going back to the fight, fight, fight stuff somehow feels better. And I don't know why I'm OK with that. It feels weird. I'm going to tell you why, because the premise of GT when it starts is we have to leave Earth and go get these Dragon Balls uh across the galaxy or across the universe. And that is drastically different from what we see in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, which is happening on Earth the entire time. And what's going on in a location that we can attach ourselves to when we leave Earth? Basically, we're having to adjust to this new environment. But we've had that. We went to Namek before and we had an entire arc there. That's true. All of the Frieza arc was on Namek. It's true, but we had stronger chemistry between characters. We had great character chemistry there. We had Gohan Kudadin, we had uh, Vegeta entering the mix, and then we get Goku in and out, Vegeta in and out, we get Ginyu Force showing up, we had Sarban Dodoria, I guess. And so we're bringing these new environments in as we're going through the universe, and we're just not caring because they're gone the next episode, mm-hmm. or they're more tools of the enemy than they are tools of the good guys. And so we just disregard them as we move from episode to episode, and then finally 
finally we get back to Earth, there's a place that we're familiar with, the characters that we're familiar with. Things are a lot we easier to deal so with. We are so ready to get back to Earth at this point. We and really I think are. the writers are too. Yeah. Because it's it familiar shows. to them. Yeah. It, and it shows that they know how to write the characters. So it's it's refreshing that things get better as Earth is brought in. Uh, it doesn't make any of the previous episodes seem silly. You know, we did have to go through the story of going to space. But what a relief it is to come back to Earth and uh, have it be as good with these familiar characters as it once was. Yeah. You know, something I want to ask you guys is, uh, speaking of retreads, we talked earlier about Sufurians and science, uh, how that's being redone. What are your thoughts on Vegeta specifically being taken over? again oh i wanted we, to get at that yeah, yeah we have babadi taking over vegeta before the the majin, majin boo yeah, yeah um so i guess the key difference is that with the majin boo stuff vegeta went willingly yeah. to a certain extent right and right. this is against his will mm-hmm. but at the same time the fact that vegeta is ripe for this kind of takeover is kind of fascinating i guess that's just virtue of oh he's a really really strong guy he's the second strongest dude let's take advantage of him Mm -hmm. and this is why i got used to baby and started enjoying that whole idea at this point because we got to see him get stronger we knew his method of taking over the science Mm -hmm. we now know what his motivation is when he gets into vegeta it just feels like this is the right culmination of things yeah Mm -hmm. and also very good on the choice of episodes to watch because this is a really good ending point i I gotta thank uh cypher i think kaboom chimed in as well on this i wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to do four or five, like, no, you really got to go to this one. It was it was a good ending point right here. It definitely is because it feels like this is the this is where baby has been trying to get to this whole time. And we got there. yeah, And we got there. So now we're going to have to go from here. Yeah, extremely satisfying. But at the same time, I guess I can't help that part of me is still a little bit pissed off. It's like, oh, but you just getting possessed again. Like, I want to find it to be lazy writing. But I guess it's different enough from the Majin Vegeta stuff that I can forgive it. Because honestly, like, who else is he going to possess? I mean, we just went through Gohan and Goten. There's not a second best on the planet Earth. It has to be Vegeta. Anything else, y'all? I really just liked it. Yeah, this is, I think, the first time in our GT reviews where we're all going... This was good. I would not have minded watching the next episode. (laughs) Agreed. Absolutely agreed. You know, Mike, I have notes. Okay. Maybe I should structure it this way. I have questions for you guys this time. Mm. I love it. Does anyone feel like the Kamehameha gets a little overused here? Yes, it's trope territory at this point, right? It's been a trope. It has been. But here, did we hear it once per episode at this point? (sighs) Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And from multiple characters, no less. Yeah. Very true. Although it became a trope for me when it was uh, them floating in space, going back to episode 23 here. Uh, Using the recoil to... Yes, exactly. Using it as a, but, as a tool. But that's smart. I feel like that's... It could have just been be a doing. generic key blast, it could, though. Yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah. Exactly. Why'd you have to label it the Kamehameha at this sure. particular point? Uh, so that is where I started to see it happen that way. And then right. we see it again and again. Mm, okay. Um, but you did say there was a different attack on Piccolo, though. Oh, Piccolo used Mac- the- just his attack that he fired out after he arrived, the Makanko Sapo. It didn't really do anything. It just flew off into the distance. But I think that was just a, we're showing that Piccolo has arrived. Yeah, yeah. So. That's just a shame that he didn't get more time than that. But yeah, certainly that helped things, I feel like. Uh, now, granted, when they're on the ship and they grab the dying boy, uh, they're walking around the ship without helmets at some point which means they're able to breathe on the spaceship. Well, they did mention when they got into the room with the Dragon Ball, someone said something about, oh, there's some oxygen left in here. So, Which is fine, but as far as I know, this character that they're saving is humanoid. So when they're flying off in space, everybody's... 
everybody's wearing their helmet, but the kid isn't? No, I think he I actually think he had did a have helmet a helmet on. They had something oh, on him. I was yeah. looking specifically for that. I thought he didn't wear a helmet. I'm pretty sure he had some kind of suit on him. I don't know All if right. it was full suit, but he had something. Maybe yeah. I missed it because they I put, was... They put him in something. I thought it's strange that it was like, wait, they're leaving, he doesn't have a helmet, now yeah. he's back on the ship, and he... Anyway, so I thought that was weird, but I could be wrong on that. Okay, episode 25. The human that is first uh, taken over by Baby. Oh, did you feel that it was sort of a Terminator reference? Yes, yes, yes. exactly. I was going to say Schwarzenegger much. Yes. Rising out of the flames and yeah. Cool. I'm so glad you both thought that too. <laughs> exactly. And um, this may reference some YouTubers that your audience watched, but I'm just going to say, cool guys, don't look at explosions. Because uh, that totally happened here. I, I'll i say this about the falling gag. I actually thought it went on for too long. <laughs> yeah. It was cute, but... Which gag? The falling gag where it was the, the lizard that was uh, over the cliff and he looks down, the foot's wiggling. A and... little bit. They, they did too many cutaways back and forth, like yeah. just maybe one or two too many. But then when he fell, like it really all paid off and then the birds flew away. That it, sold it, was it for me. It was when the birds like actually were real yeah i just i picked it out as something that was slightly odd it was just the timing of that but i guess they were trying to take a joke they've seen before and just do it themselves it's like we so, gotta make this overtly american yeah right exactly. like this is let's really show how absolutely out of place this is yep yep so then my last point i want to bring up and it's a question for everybody here we get to the idea of the sufruians against the scions and baby's taking over vegeta he's getting to it uh and so we learn baby's uh intentions and why he wants to destroy the scions my question to you guys is do you care don't care because i mean with dragon ball it's all about the journey and not about the end game so i'm used to not caring <laughs> that sounds terrible yeah. i'm used to not caring about what the villain wants well don't feel too bad your question is do i really care about his motivation in end game when we finally get there yes yeah okay sure i'm a little i don't know i i guess i internally arguing on this point with myself because initially i did not care at all because it just took so long to get there i wasn't a fan of baby in the first place right time goes on we're thinking back on it we're explaining things and i'm really liking it but initially it was just a point of like i just need this character to be done with at this point and i'm happy that we're back on earth and all this that's stuff the thing going on. is everything else that's going on is making up for what little yeah. you thought you cared about it and it's just a means to an end of getting these characters that's how it always doing feels, cool things though. again so yeah, means to an end. Yeah, sure. So I got it. I'll just be honest that when we first got to that point, I was just like, OK, look, I I, I just want to move on here. But as we go back and talk about it, I'm giving it more seriousness and mm. actually enjoying it. But uh, right. And my initial response at first was really just being unsure if this was the right way to head. I want to talk about the the funny costumes that they put the the core trio in once they've been relegated to almost b-plot we had them in funny eskimo suits we had them in funny mexican party gear and party hats oh, that was yeah. adorable i liked the concept of pond's diary it would have been cool if they did more with that because then i think we would have gotten more attached to the character and got more of a perspective of her if she had like a video diary that every few episodes she is venting to the camera like a reality tv show that would have been really cute yeah, because like I was saying, it would have been nice if we had gotten to see Pond grow up and we do get to see that, but definitely not as much as I feel she would have benefited from. And this would have been a nice way, especially in that method uh, where she could reflect on what she's been going through. They could have done some kind of humorous thing with that. The costumes easily could have been a thing they could have attributed to that kind of thing as well. 
They don't do it. And you're right. It does feel a little empty mm-hmm. in terms of her character because they never get to have her really do any kind of reflection at all. They just sort of push her along this travel. But I really love the costumes as well. The Mexican thing was so cute. When they were <laughs> I love doing they that they even have that on board. Like, you got, you got party hats on board? You got well, funny glasses on board? How do you explain Pon having a spacesuit with her name on it when she's not supposed to be on the spaceship in the first place? <gasps> wow. Shut it all down. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe I didn't write that in my notes? I just remembered that. <laughs> I'm done. You ruined Dragon Ball GT, Jeff. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about, Jeff, do a little bit of a la la la. I don't know how much you saw there. So the last episode that we watched here, we had the new ending theme, the second ending theme to Dragon Ball GT, Don't You See. This is episode 27, which aired uh, November 1996. Something shows up here in this ending theme for the first time that we see in the series. It's not in the opening theme yet. It's still two months off from happening. But So eight episodes, roughly? Right. So this is the thing where it's, I don't have all the V-jumps from 1997 in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I don't have them all, but this is definitely the time when it's they're going to start promoting a thing, what their next big thing is. And it makes sense from a casual viewer. If you don't look at any outside material, and it's impossible if you're in Japan to live in a bubble and not see all this extra stuff that would have come out of nowhere in the ending theme and maybe have surprised you. So I just kind of wanted to note that there. Uh, maybe that's something that I can dig into a little more as a side project and start to see what the, the early uh, introduction stuff for would be. Uh, so there's that. All right, Jeff, you can come, come on back. All right. All right. All right, all right thank all right. you. Thank you. I'm here. Uh, let's go to predictions. Oh, God. We left it in a great place. Uh, Goten has been infected. Gohan has been infected. Uh, Baby is more completely, uh, in charge of Vegeta here. So he's, he's laying these eggs. He's looking to, how do you phrase it? Sufurianize the entire world. You know, we didn't actually expand on that in our discussion, uh, either, but that is an interesting way it's to take things. It's not just sign revenge. It's, I kind of want to like repopulate and create my my own vision of the future here. Smart. So we have our trio out in space. They have all seven ultimate Dragon Balls. Their mission was to do that and come back to Earth. They're gonna come back to Earth. And here we have Baby in Vegeta. So Jeff, where do you think Dragon Ball GT goes from here in episode twenty eight onward? Oh man. I feel like it's harder this go around because the episodes were so decent. Yeah. That with like the, and they're the dense, li- too. Yeah. Yeah, they are dense. The pacing so much better. We get to do a lot of stuff here. Oh, man, what happens? All right. Well, we're definitely going to be fighting Baby, that's for sure. There's no way around that. Mm-hmm. Or a Vegeta controlled by Baby, although Vegeta is conscious with Baby inside of him. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of that, but it seems like he's kind of taking over more and more. Which means that if they fight Vegeta, they don't want to fight him enough to kill him, which we saw already in a previous fight, and that ended up going okay. But this is with a much stronger baby here, and only getting stronger because he's got the influence of all these other Saiyajin that he's been infecting. So, gosh, I can't say that we're going to see the death of baby anytime soon. It's probably going to be a couple episodes on this one, but... Man, that's going to be a lot of fighting. I can't imagine it's going to be another... Oh, well, let's not forget that, uh, hey, our trio has gotten all the Dragon Balls. How much time does it take for them to get back to Earth? And so I'm going to predict right now, that this is an easy prediction, that Baby will not be dead before the three come back. Okay. So basically, they're going to have the Dragon Balls. Baby's still going to be there. And I'll make the prediction that somehow the Dragon Balls and Baby's existence have something to do with each other. Like maybe they use the Dragon Balls to wish Baby away. 
you know, that means they'd also have to make a wish to get uh, Goku back to his adult form. But yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Connection, maybe Dragon Ball somewhere. Yes, okay. and the three coming back is going to be sometime as well. Granted, why haven't they been able to communicate with anybody on Earth with well, all they the technology? even said that themselves. It would have been nice if they contacted us, let them know how they're doing. Yeah, yeah so we got that in the. Namek Arc, <laughs> Bulma was always talking home and saying what was going on. How long is it going to take for Goku to get here? Yeah, exactly. They're, so, they're perfectly capable of interuniversal. They just choose not to. Yeah. So I guess we're going to see if they're able to get back in time. Um, I'll predict that they do with the Dragon Balls. Okay. But that's probably going to be at the end of the next couple episodes next we're going to watch. Just so you know, uh, I've decided we're going to watch four episodes next time. So next time on the show, uh, if you're playing along with home, we'll be watching Dragon Ball GT episodes 28, 29, 30, 31. And I just want to actually iterate something that I don't think any of our listeners know. And that is that I don't do any research on GT right. in between. I haven't heard anything about Super. I don't look at anything about GT. People might have noticed that I've been on the forums uh, since I was able to figure out what my password was. <laughs> oh, really? Um, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I haven't done anything besides uh, researching what I already know. So I really am going into this cold. I have no idea this where we're great. going. It's exactly what I want. I think we need that perspective. Well, I can't even look at episode titles. No, you can't. <laughs> because, I mean, even with this set, there was one that was like uh, Baby on Earth. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I know what's going on now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I started skipping them. So other predictions. Uh, we've talked about Connection, Baby Dragon Balls. They got to come back. And Vegeta's... Kind of in charge here with baby, and I, I really do think it's going to be that they're just fighting, fighting. baby Vegeta. But what does that mean? What does fighting in Dragon Ball GT mean to well, you? Especially since uh, Gohan and Goten are technically controlled right. by baby so, as well. So That's who's like, like what's going to happen? You said they're not going to get back right away. They'll be back in time. So. What can possibly happen here on Earth in the meantime? This is the perfect opportunity to go get your characters like Krillin, mm-hmm. like Tension Han. It's okay. You can look at the poster for reference. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. What, You're right. What, they decided <laughs> to go do Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> These are the ones that they decided you are the get. ones that you can choose from. <laughs> <laughs> well, very true. You can bring back Master Roshi, like all these other guys. Maybe even Boo, right? Boo's not technically dead. I don't know how that goes. but Yeah, we we have... We have Boo. We also... Do you remember the first episode of Dragon Ball GT? <laughs> Are you kidding? How many years ago was that? <laughs> no, sorry. So Goku is training off some little kid that he found. So it was a reincarnation of Boo. But that's but right. Fat Boo still exists, too. But Fat Boo still exists. Okay, so Oob. Yes. yes. Oob is the character. Um, gosh, would Oob come back? That would be interesting. I'm going to predict Oob comes back, too. Sorry if I led you a little bit there. <laughs> no, but 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 no, but no, that's a very important character that was in the first episode of GT. And and also in the recap episode we watched that I conveniently oh, yeah, forgot the, about. Oh, yeah, the Funimation Totally forgot thing, about that. Yeah. But no, I, I'd say Oob comes back, too. So, yeah, you take the opportunity, bring these characters back, have them stall you for time. You got there naturally. I just gave you a little kick there. To... Yeah, totally fine. Uh, so stall for time. Get it to a point where the core group can come back with the Dragon Balls and let's mm-hmm. see what happens. That sounds good to me. So just so y'all know, theoretically, next month. We will cover. The and next you know what? Four. I will go willingly this time. Yeah. Now that the episodes are actually decent. So uh, I guess that's going to bring our episode of uh, podcast to a close. Uh, Jeff, unrelated to Dragon Ball, but if people like you, they like your voice, they like your perspective, you got other material on the internet. So. Well, you might get a different perspective if you do uh, listen to Lo Fi, where I'm the one coming in with the historical context. Mike, you're the one who's coming in fresh. Oh, I love it. But it's like that reversal. Definitely a role reversal, but if you care to listen to that sort of thing, we also have a podcast called Low Fidelity. Mike and I co-host, of course, you're welcome to listen to it. Lowfidelity.info is the website. If you want to go look at previous episodes, we have a Reddit or a subreddit rather, which is r slash 
low underscore fidelity. Uh, we're on Twitter at lofi podcast. Um, we have an episode coming out at the, uh, I don't know, hopefully not too long. It, to it's the a end major of podcast day for us here in Consentio headquarters East here. We've it is a lot of recording today. It is, but I will definitely try uh, before the last week of the month to get this next episode out, which is our discussion on ambitious projects in popular music. We had uh, a discussion of what that means, what an ambitious project is, as well as two examples, one of them being Zyrica from the Flaming Lips released in 1997 and Chinese Democracy from Guns N' Roses released in 2008. Feel free to check that episode out as well as all of our previous episodes. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Uh, again, I, this was a while ago, but in the feed, people got the uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra review. So hopefully they enjoyed that. If you like that and you just kind of want to listen to other associated things, enjoy. And Mary, you exist. I exist. Hey. I mean, basically, that's all I do. Existing <laughs> is basically all I do. <laughs> these days. Not so much on the interwebs these days. That's fine. But that's fine. It's a bad place. Don't be there. I know. But I when I do go out, I enjoy it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. So what episode? Jeez, I don't even remember. This was episode 437. 437 of our podcast. We should probably Crazy. be long past 500 by now. We haven't had. We've had some breaks. So www.kanzenshuu.com. That is Kanzen Shoe. There you can find myself. Uh, you can find Heath and Julian and Jake and all of our good friends talking about Dragon ball every single day there's something new on the site pretty much every day there's some kind of edit somewhere on the site you just gotta find it you just gotta find it <laughs> search for the dragon balls you should put hidden dragon balls on random pages on the website into a says contest there's not, Ooh. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i just said it. <laughs> that'd be fun though it would be a good that's amazing. incentivized way to get tell them no it'd be cool like do it as a future like if you have a random extra game copy that you want to pawn off and you'd be like, find a seven Dragon Balls and you put like a little image on I'm a sure random I'm sure there'd page. be a way to script. That's, yeah, that's true. You have to give it like a really HTML. stupid file name. And they'd all be different file names. and Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you have to start like putting random images on other pages and right. then... Right. Right. Miscolor some of them so they're not actually Dragon Balls. They're like fake Dragon Balls. It's like fake Namek. I was going to say, yes, <laughs> crabs on a page. <laughs> He's a giant crab. Anyway, I've been working with Heath on some cool stuff. I'm really excited to see what's coming to the site visually and uh, from a content standpoint. It's going to be a great year for the website. Very excited. So uh, check all that out. The website itself, all the social medias. Uh, glad to see you. Glad to hear from you. Uh, send us an email. Send us a tweet. Send us uh, something. We love to hear from you. Love to hear what you're enjoying, what you want to see. Uh, that's it. Again, I've been Mike. So for all these cool folks, we will see you next time on episode 438 of our podcast. Have a lovely day, lovely week, lovely month. Hopefully we'll see you in less than a month. Bye-bye. Baby Goten arrives, and Videl and Gohan can tell... What the hell just happened? <laughs> How could that possibly have happened? My elbow. <laughs> it was a hammer, and it scared me. <laughs> Phew. I turned around like, why is there a hammer? <laughs> okay. I have to start this section over for the third time. <laughs> All right. <clears throat>